Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome. To the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill pray now. Good morning, Andy. It's afternoon here, buddy. Good afternoon, Andy. Get on my level. You're in the future. I am. How is it in this afternoon? It's a cold, brisk day. It's about 40 degrees. Damn dog. Now, where are you in your house? Let's, let's talk about this. You know, this is now for the people who watch on YouTube, it's a small number, but growing every day. Um, they're now subjected to this new jazzy background. Jazz hands. Uh, <laughs> where in your house are you? The basement. Now, so, this is the redone basement. Like that's different than when I was there. Correct. So in the last few years, uh, it was all painted, it was decorated, hence the background with, there's an interior designer across the street. She oh would, yeah. She was really good friends with my mom and uh, she helped. And then, so the, the flooring was redone, it was painted, it was redecorated. The bathroom was redone down here and the bedroom was redone. So basically everything was redone. What percentage of your time so far since your return to Cincinnati do you spend below ground always in the basement always it's warmer in the winter and it's cooler in the summer right so you know this this was this was walt's lair i didn't mess with it yeah i i mean if there's one thing i know about walt big new orleans jazz fan (laughs) that that is from when my parents went down there i'm sure it is like it says 1977 so this was his lair during the summer when we lived together. I was upstairs in the TV room. He would be down here. Now, it doesn't mean I didn't come down here. We'd, we'd watch stuff down here, but... Dad, dinner's ready. <laughs> and, and that's how it was when he was here with my mom. You know, she had the TV room, and she'd watch her awful reality TV shows, like 90 Day Fiance and all those shows that Walt despised. And he would watch his shows down here, his Boomer and Geo and Sports or Aerial America or whatever the stuff he watched right. would be down here. But he also had that amazing TV, which was on the ground. Right. Which you have now mounted on the wall. It hasn't been mounted yet, but it's been... Raised. It's been placed. Put, put, on, a, put on a stand of some sort. Yeah, I reorganized everything. And, and I have that TV next to one of my TVs. So I, and I sent you and Mikey, your brother. You know, I, I get the full experience down here now on Sunday for NFL games. And my brother came over yesterday with, with my godson. And he's like, wow, you really do have this setup. Now, there is some talk. And by talk, I mean I started thinking about uh, maybe an arcade video game in the basement supposedly they sell those NBA jam ones like cheap these days. I looked, so I'm a big, there's like, there's like a smaller version of it. Yeah. So I'm a big arcade video game guy. I'm not the biggest video game guy, but I love the old school games like that. Like 
uh, Miss Pac-Man, Galaga. I we love had it. we had Galaga and uh, Donkey Kong. Oh, Donkey Kong in our basement. So cool. And it was funny. They were like hand-me-downs from like I don't know, you know, somebody, somebody that my family knew had them. I I think it was my uncle or someone like that. And the Donkey Kong, like the the control board was like loose so when you would do it like the whole thing would shift and i was like can we get this fixed and my dad's like you got a video game enjoy it so we're down there like yanking it back and forth it's wild but yeah a basement with an arcade game it's kind of just a no-brainer well that's what i'm thinking and i was looking you're basically tom hanks in big like you're a 30 whatever year old man you, your parents are gone. You get their house. You just say, I'm turning the basement into a ball pit. Yeah, so it's not that expensive. I could get a dual Miss Pac-Man, which, again, I'm thinking the kids as well. I have a bunch of nephews and nieces. I could get a dual where you sit down Miss Pac-Man, which would be a lot oh, of Oh, the tabletop Miss Pac-Man. For 500 bucks. Yeah. Like, to me, that's a reasonably priced thing that would for sure get – use it would get a return on investment i mean just think of the quarters yeah you just, you just be stockpiling quarters be like kids bring your quarters so we'll see i mean my brothers have been like you know what about maybe a foosball we had a foosball table for a while growing up then it moved into a ping pong table i mean i don't want to destroy the basement's really nice now i don't want to yeah destroy it but i also have to make it my own i'm i am living right. in this house so i really like the arcade game and I am already thinking about turning the basement bedroom into a straight up recording slash video studio. Nice. So bring back Ruther's rants. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't... what's more perfect than literally being in your mom's basement for Ruther's rants. <laughs> Just every once in a while you have, have somebody throw bagel bites in the door. Yeah. Right. Have Nick move down and live upstairs, hand you bagel bites. Yeah, I don't know, man. There, there's obviously it's, as you know, Joe, we've lived in such small quarters. This is like, for me, to go from, uh, it's not like the house is massive or anything, but to go from a 390 square foot apartment from the last 10 and a half years to a four bedroom house with a basement, it's... It's a lot. Yeah. But I like it. Dude, the riding mower. Can we talk about this real quick before we get to everything? The riding mower. I I understand why Walt got so much satisfaction. It is so awesome. Are you doing your lawn? Yes. So Saturday, you know, it's a Cub Cadet, which my dad has. (laughs) Cub Cadet, no big deal. Obviously, a lot of leaves are coming down now. That thing just, you just keep going over them. It just shreds them and shreds them. And Saturday was like a beautiful, like 55 degree sun out, you know, perfect brisk fall weather. I was out in the yard for maybe a couple hours. I, I get it. I will slowly morph into Walter Ruther. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. You're like, I had a couple hours on the riding mower, solid 20 minutes staring down the street. You know, just trying to check out what's going on, get a lay of the land. Yeah, I was talking to the neighbors. Talking to the neighbor. I'm thinking about getting a Miss Pac-Man for the basement. You come on over sometime, Ralph. 
Hope you're pretty good at Miss Pac-Man. Oh, man. How was your running home from, Running from ghosts, Ralph? You know all about that with your wife, am I right? Come on over. Come on over to the Andy Lair. What did you do uh, for Halloween, Prano? Nothing. No, no plans. Uh, did nothing. Uh, try, you know, thought about it for a minute and then was just like, like, what am I going to do? You know, no bars were open, really. Like, I'm not going to go dress up in a costume and go outside, outside barring. Um, there was some stuff in the neighborhood, like, you know, this is a big little like Halloween parade and stuff like that. No one comes to the door because I'm in an apartment building. So pretty much just stayed home, watched a movie, chilled out. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. I was with my uh, three-year-old nephew and my brother and sister-in-law. It's a lot of people just had the candy on a table. Right. I'd say half the houses. Not many kids out, of yeah. course. And everybody out was wearing a mask, of course. It's just, it was different. Yeah. But I did notice the people that were out, it was like, oh, okay, nobody's out. Let's, uh, let's give you so much candy per house. Right. So like my nephew had an entire pail full on not that many houses, which of course we loved because we didn't have to stay out as long. Right. I, I, I stayed at home and watched Hubie Halloween. How was it? It was goofy and dumb and fine. Like I laughed a couple times, you know, standard Adam Sandler fare these days. Yeah. You know, definitely younger leaning. Sure. What a career he's had. He's great. You know, who's not happy for Adam Sandler? I mean, what? Seriously, though, I, I feel like. I think we should like, I think, I think like whoever, whoever is in charge of like actual national security should be like inside our homeland security should be monitoring message boards and just taking out people that have like negative things to say about Adam Sandler. You could say not your cup of tea. Sure. But if, if you dislike him, what's wrong with you? I, I totally agree. And I don't like a lot. Like there's so many of his movies that I don't like, I'll be honest. Or like you said, not my cup of tea, but the respect level and the longevity and just an all around likable human being. If you have problems with Adam Sandler. You have like, problems to yourself. Yeah, really, I mean. It's really about you. You really need to see a therapist. Yeah. Just, just a likable guy. And uh, still, I find myself saying his lines on some of his older films yeah. out, out loud to myself. So we have the week eight recap. And we're actually going to be bringing a guest in today, Joe. I know. I'm very excited about this. I just did uh, his podcast a couple of weeks ago. He, and we're, doing, we're doing a little uh, guest share, guest swap situation. It's like a student exchange program. I went on and talked some football on his great podcast, uh, and, and he's returning the favor coming on our, our show. Is he, is he in the building? It looks like he is in the room right now. And, and, and let's see if I can I, – I know you're – I know. Ready. I, didn't want, I didn't say it because I was like, everybody knows one of the best uh, longtime segments on the show is Andy Ruther saying names. And so I didn't want to give you a practice round. So I'm going to let you introduce our guest today. Well, when I bring him, I'm going to say his name right before we bring him in. It's Greek, obviously. (laughs) Kostaki. 
Okay, here we go. <laughs> he, I'm sure he loves this intro. Economopolis? Okay, Kostaki Economopolis? I think that's pretty good, Andy. Was that, was, was that pretty good? You sounded it out. You'll I mean, I, ask, you'll have to ask the man himself. I really hesitated. I know. But, yeah. I, you know, this is. Come on, smooth it out. Iron it out. Economopolis. There you go. All right, let's, let's, let's bring Kostaki in. There he is. We got him in. Kostaki, are you there, my friend? I am here. What's up? Okay, let's, I'm going to do it for you because I'm terrible with names, and, and this has been a long-running joke on our show. So I'm going <laughs> right. to try to say it. I, I just did a couple tries before I brought you in. Kostaki Economopolis. Perfect. Perfect. I, I thought for sure he was just going to give you the Greek freak. That's what he uses for Giannis because he refuses to say his last name. <laughs> I understand. By the way, that's not even a Greek last name. That's kind of a cheat, the whole thing. That's a Nigerian last name. Wow. Ooh. He's, he's a Greek family that grew that it's it's a Nigerian family that grew up in Greece. And so some of their trappings are Greek, but not all of them. That's a great we're, nugget. We're of already learning already a Kostaki nug. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, Saki. You're you're a you're a comedian. You you do stand up. You uh, you've got a great football podcast. You're in New York these days, correct? I was in New York for about a decade. I moved to LA for oh, about two now. years, and right now I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, home of the mighty Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> We're going to be heading back to LA in a few months, but we came to sort of do an extended visit to see the see the see the people we know and love here. To, to participate in the new coaching search. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> so who is your team then, Kostaki? Who's the team that you have always rooted for? I grew up here in Atlanta, and I grew up in a cul-de-sac in suburban Atlanta. And I remember watching the Pro Bowl and counting the Falcon helmets. That's one of my earliest football memories. So I've always kind of rooted for the Falcons and the Bulldogs. Those are my two teams. So uh, this is great because I, I feel like I don't know really too many Falcons fans. A as a lifelong Atlanta Falcons fan, like what goes through your head on a season like this where you have come close so many times? I, you know, I was commiserating with a Vikings friend uh, fan of, my, of mine, and we, we both had the same complaint. Like, just be the Jets. If you're going to be terrible, let's, let us just know you're going to be terrible coming into the season with no expectations. But every year with the Vikings and the Falcons, we're like, okay, we got a good offensive line. We got a good, you know, you have in your head like, no, 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 they're terrible. <laughs> they're just hurt I, feelings. I feel like I've gotten burned by the – as a non-Falcons fan, I've probably gotten burned by the Falcons more than anybody. I, I have been betting. I'm, I'm always like, this is the game. This is the year they turn it around. <laughs> I was off the Falcons when they were on hard knocks, and Mike Smith was wearing sandals everywhere. I just, I just – I think you can't be a head coach in the NFL if you're showing people your toes. So that's when I was out. <laughs> it's a good rule. They replace him with Dan Quinn immediately. A Super Bowl, obviously the most one of the most epic Super Bowl failures. But oh. what 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 went wrong? From like, I mean, even losing the Super Bowl in that fashion, you were still in the Super Bowl. That's kind of a you know that's a good trajectory for your franchise. How did it go so wrong so fast? In your opinion. Boy, that's a good question. I, I, I forgot. I, I used to do a joke about Mike Smith, a man as scintillating as his name. Mike <laughs> Smith. Uh, 
Yeah, it's a good question. I, I do have a little bit of that Bills thing of like, look, we were in the Super Bowl and took it to overtime against the scariest uh, dynasty in the history of football. So that's a pretty amazing feat. It didn't end well. Yeah, obviously, you can go back and pick 10 different moments. You go, just do this different and you win the game. Um, but since then, it's a good question. I don't know. I mean, the Falcons have so, – there's some other crazy stuff. I wish I had the exact number, but it's something crazy like 12 – Maybe it's all 11 of their offensive starters are former first-round picks. It's 10, 11, or 12 of their, like, their core offense or first-rounders. Um, their offense is definitely not the problem. Uh, people complain about Matt Ryan. and If you look up the stats, Matt Ryan has quietly been crushing it for a decade. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely not the problem. It's defense. I, I, I'm 50 I've never rooted for a good Falcons defense. There's not been one in 40 years of my paying attention to the Falcons. How is that possible? I mean, <laughs> even if you tried to do that, it would be impossible to pull off that there's not one memorable stellar defense in 40 years of a professional team's existence. That's, that's the problem. I mean, that's the short answer in my opinion. Well, you did have Dion. I mean, at least you remember that may not have had a good defense, but you had one of the best players of all time, at least. For, for Dion's still like top one of the top jersey sellers in in Georgia, even today. I mean, yeah. he's that much of a of an icon. Here's the question: How do you let him walk? Like, what did you spend the money on that wasn't Dion that year? I don't remember. I don't know. No. He, he was the face of all of all of uh, Georgia sports for ten years. Why would you let him go? I think all the money went to cowboy hats for Jerry Glenville. I, th I, think, <laughs> I think it was something like that. Now, now, I have to ask you, you brought up Matt Ryan. And Joe and I, we talked a lot about him. And he becomes a hot-button discussion for the Hall of Fame. And I don't know if you saw some of this stuff. And Bomani Jones from ESPN was, was going on one day about how he's not a Hall of Famer. Joe and I have both said, look, the numbers speak for themselves. And the longevity yeah. and all the amount of starts that he had consecutively until last year. I assume you're probably on our page with this, right? Like the numbers, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I would like to think so, but I get it. I get the other side of it. There's no ring, obviously, and the, maybe the most famous almost ring in the history of sports. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I, I mean... I, I understand that if you don't have a couple of epic sort of gigantic, momentous, memorable moments that you can't – you're not in the Hall of Fame. So I get the other side of it. But, yeah, I mean, I think he's quietly been great at football for a ridiculous amount of time. He's, he's crazy consistent. I mean, he's one of those guys that you want to draft in fantasy because no one's going to go, ooh, ah, but you're going to get the numbers that you want from him every year, all the time, every year. He's great. Yeah, you can wait and pick him up later. I mean, you look at – I know Dan Marino is the poster child for no Super Bowl, but, right. you know, Matt, Matt Ryan's got a, an MVP. He's got a Super Bowl appearance. He'll be right up there all time, you know, uh, barring some sort of injury. He'll be up there all time with the numbers. Like, he'll be in the top five of everything. It's like, to me, it's a no-brainer. I know people – just like my, my Eli Manning, you know, is clearly a Hall of Famer stance uh, – where you retire, I think, is important. It's like, oh, well, let's see where he is in 20 years when they change the passing rules and blah, blah, blah. It's like if you retire top five all time and everything, like to me, you're, you're right there. I, I, don't know, I don't know how you could argue against it. 
Yeah, I think if he's literally ends at top five all time, then he'll be in. But uh, you know, we'll see. There's there, there, the next Sunday night game is uh, Breedy Brays, uh, yeah. Breedy and uh, and Bree, Brady and Breeze. What am I saying? Yeah. Uh, those two guys are still piling on numbers. It's it's unbelievable. So let's talk about your game on Thursday. You actually got to win. Yay! You get you get a win against the uh, a division rival. Uh, I feel like both of these teams are. It's it's hard to know what you're gonna what you're gonna get from either of them on any given week. But at this point, do you want to win football games? Like that's that's the weird thing. <laughs> I, I mean, as a Giants fan, I'm like, I don't think I want to win football games, but I don't know. That's a good question. I I debated this with a friend of mine. What's can you really tank in the NFL because of the nature of how the game is built? It, all the players are trying to win. They want right. to be good on tape, even if the team's terrible, because they're going to go play somewhere else someday. Uh, the coaches have the same motivation. I mean, even if you try to tank, can you? Yeah, I think it's hard to tank and not expose yourself to injury, other than if you're doing what the Jets are doing, which is obviously selling off piece by piece and just right. going, well, we're going to go. Right, the Dolphins backups. did that. The Browns did that recently. When when that happens, then you can then you can take you you literally take the four best players and ship them away. Um, yeah, the Falcons have a great offense. I mean, they're in fantasy again. Play all your Falcons and whoever's playing against the Falcons because the defense is horrific and it, it has a shot at being a shootout every game. I don't know. I think the Falcons are 500 team from here, right? They're gonna win. They're gonna beat the Saints once, and and maybe the Buccaneers once, and lose a bunch of other games. They're that kind of team. They're gonna drive you crazy. Now uh, would now who were, who would you want as as a coach? Obviously, Quinn was from the defensive side. It didn't pan out. Would you want a defensive minded coach because the offense, like you said, is gonna be steady. Is gonna always put up points and you know yards. Is there someone particular? Great. I don't have a particular answer to that. That's a great question. I, I feel like I know the archetype. I want a Sean McVay type. I want a, you know, a sort of a young, crazy Uber, Uber star in the making, I think is what you want. I don't know where you find that guy. I don't know how you differentiate that guy from the rest of the pile of college guys. But I feel like the archetype I know, but I don't know. Who would you recommend? Well, I, I would say, you know, in your neck of the woods, what do you th- – and obviously he comes from the defensive side. What about Kurt, somebody like a Kirby Smart? You think he could make the jump? Uh, you know, I'm on all these threads with frustrated Bulldogs fans, so I get the, <laughs> I get the bad side of Kirby Smart. You know, I'm not even a college football guy, but some of my buddies are, and they he's got a, he's got a little bit of that sort of um, – He's the same thing of we're good, but not great. Kind of it's the, it's the Bulldogs nation has a pretty high standard. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta beat Alabama. Otherwise we're like, well, I don't know. We're looking over his shoulder already. Uh, he's a great recruiter. That's for sure. sure. Uh, but is he a great coach? Yep. I sometimes watch those games and go, that's the choice you made there. I, I don't know. I, I Yes, yeah, somebody like that. Maybe somebody even younger. Maybe somebody even less. Somebody who turn, went in and turned around a horrific program. Some kid like that, I feel like, is, the again, the archetype. I know this, the kind of thing I'm dreaming of, but I don't know who it is. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, we're I'm not much. Of, I'm not of, not much of a college football guy. So whenever I think of coaching replacements, I think like of coordinators and NFL types. But uh, you know, it, look, Todd Bowles has turned around a defense real fast. He's in the he's in the NFC South. It seems like he's a no brainer to get another head coaching job at some point. Almost seems like switching to a division team could be a a thing, but. I, I think I'm with you. Uh, I'm with both of you guys and your train of thought. It's like, it seems like the way that it's happening now is taking these young guns who have like almost barely proven themselves at the college level and be like, we see what they can do. Let's bring them in here. I just, you know, I, I can name Dabo Sweeney and, uh, you know, Saban. Otherwise, college football is like whatever to me. Yeah, I, weirdly, I feel the same way. I watch the Bulldogs, and that's about it. And you know, I kind of keep up with who's in the top few. But even then, I'm I get lost. I I care so much more about NFL football. Okay, well then, you alluded to the Jets earlier with the joke. Do they win a game this year? I don't know how. Although they were winning against the Bills for a little while. Yeah. They, kept, they held the Bills to no touchdowns, which is embarrassing. You know, the Bills scored eighteen. You know, six field goals, like. Kill yourselves if you can't score a touchdown against the <laughs> 2020 Jets. What are you doing? Uh, what, what a perfect addition to our show. The amount of times I've told people to kill themselves on this show is. <laughs> yeah, l- little Nick is talking here. That's like Joe's go to line. Kill is it yourself. really? That's yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, what, that's what surviving in the New York comedy scene for a while does to you. You just kill yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, get, you get a little crunchy around the edges. I think, I think the Jets are putting up a banner that says, Held the Bills to no touchdowns, though. Like, that's where the Jets <laughs> are these days. That is their best uh, That is their best credit this year. Yeah. I, I mean, it's professional football. It's not like, you know, when Georgia plays the Alabama Community School for the Blind or whatever. You know, college games, there's always a few that you're like – they're not even the same species if you watch these guys yeah. on the field. Uh, they are all professional football players. So, you know, it's – I would – you have to think they're going to jump up and win one here, here or there somewhere. But it doesn't look good. Oh, my goodness. They're really I – almost, I almost feel like with them keeping Gase around, they know they're not – they're like, let's stick with this. This is working. Let's get Trevor Lawrence. Uh, hopefully he's recovered from COVID by then. And uh, we'll start over. I guess, I guess that's what you do. I, I think that makes sense. If I'm a Jets fan, I think I'm rooting for that at this point. But what, what happens to Darnold? Does he just go into the pile of the yeah. 27th best quarterback in the world and somebody else uses him for something for a little while? Is that? Yeah, and, and some team that, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm not the biggest Sam Darnold fan, but I do feel like Sam Darnold is certainly talented and he's better than – he has seemed on the is, Jets. Is, but, but what would make you say that? <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, just the physical ability, some of the throws he makes, like, you know, I, I, I think things can get clouded when you play for the New York Jets. A lot of people have left the New York Jets and gone on to be better. And by the way, I, that doesn't mean I think Sam Darnold is an all pro quarterback that's being wasted on the Jets. But uh what was the guy's name yesterday? Chad Danucci? Like who started for the the Cowboys? Yeah. Like my point is Sam His Darnold name wasn't can, Chad, but that's all right. Whatever. <laughs> ben Ben Danucci. <laughs> ben Danucci. That's that this is my point. Is like Sam Darnold can go somewhere and be a guy who comes in and fills in for somebody. Yeah. He's gonna be better than he's gonna be better than Ben Danucci. I mean, they well, were running Ben, they were running oh. Ben Danucci Wildcat plays. 
he's Josh Rosen part two. It's, yeah. it's like he never got a chance to even be a thing. Like I feel bad for the Josh Rosens of the world. I mean, he's yeah. Josh Rosen might be the 27th best quarterback in the world. We just we'll never know. Yeah. Where, where is he going to get a chance? Yeah, I, I mean, look, Joe, it goes back to Joe and I always say these guys from the big programs, it, it really is few and far between how many of them actually pan out. I mean, I mean, it happens, but, you know, look at Darnold. Joe, we were at that Rose Bowl game against Penn State when he, yeah. when, what was it, you know, both teams scored 50 points. You have so much talent around you and you're throwing the ball to every great receiver, running back, and, all, you know, you have the offensive. It's like you get to the NFL and it's just, like you alluded to earlier, Kostaki, it's like, it's, you're not all like, you can't just blow guys away and right. blow them up on the line. And the guy's not always going to outrun somebody. And I think that's the problem with a lot of these guys when they get to the league, it's everybody's at their level. Well, let's, I mean, let's talk about a team that I know is close to your heart, Andy, and I'll, I'll pose you this. Are the Rams better if they immediately trade Goff for, Sam Darnold and Darnold gets a couple of weeks with Sean McVay to figure out that offense. Cause Jared Goff has gone to a super bowl with the Rams and looked completely lost yesterday. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. I, I don't know. What happens with those kind of stories? Is it something in their personal lives that doesn't get publicized? They're, they're you know, they're, they're fighting with their wives or they're, you know, <laughs> They've got some weird injury. We don't know. Well, I mean, how, do, how does a player go from, you know, eight level good to 4.5? What, what, how does that happen? I feel like Goff uh, succeeded for a while because their offense with McVay, you know, he was a new coach. He caught everybody off guard. No one, you know, he was doing things that people hadn't seen before. And now the league sort of caught up with him. I mean, I remember there was a time when like the jet sweep was like the McVay sweep. And now you see three jet sweeps in every football game. It's like when the league catches up with you and they figure out what you're doing, that's going to bring you back down to earth a little bit. And I just think maybe Goff was playing well enough in that system, but now that he actually has to make a play other than the play design sort of saving him, he's, I mean, he looked terrible yesterday. He, if, if, it, you know, and I've said this about the, uh, your Falcons Super Bowl, but there was moments where it's like, that game's closer if he just takes a knee. Yeah, I mean, he, right. He, he turned the ball over to them numerous times for touchdowns, and you're just like, that's when I look at a situation like that. I'm like, you know, does Sam Darnold get picked up by the Rams, and suddenly he's a good quarterback again? Right. That's the other question. How does – so I have the same question about the other side. Like when you see somebody like uh, Tannehill flounder around and – be mediocre at best for years and years and years and then he has this what's happening there is he is he eating differently is he is he you know listening to uh some kind of self-help tape like what is happening that a guy can go the opposite from a 4.5 to a nine how i mean and not just on any given game anybody can have a bad game or a great game but to literally elevate his game where he's you know he's a great quarterback right now Having a great running game helps. Having a defense that, you know, keeps you off the field helps, or, you know, or you, you know, helps get their offense off the field and, and gives you more opportunities on offense, I think, help. I mean, the, the Dolphins are just kind of, I mean, they, they, especially during the Adam Gase 
years. We, we, we actually have plenty of proof now that Adam Gase belongs nowhere in the NFL. Right. And uh, so I think just basically escaping that system, he's, he's going to be a little bit better. Yeah. But he's been a lot better. He's been a lot better. I mean, the system is, you know, obviously your situation, Joe and I, you know, we talk about this all the time. It's so important. And, And when he went from a franchise like Miami, who has been basically bad since Dan Marino left, and then he goes to Tennessee and he goes, you know, with a new coach who seems to have it together. I mean, they showed a stat. I don't know if you guys saw this. They showed this stat yesterday during the Titans Bengals game. Heading into yesterday, the last 16 games, so basically a full season, Tannehill had 42 touchdown passes to seven interceptions. I mean, that's MVP level. Right. He had played for a 16-game stretch. And I don't think people realize how well he's played for them. Um, But I I, I just think a guy like Goff, I'm going to say it, and I've said this before, I think that contract, because he had $109 million guaranteed, I think it will go down as the worst NFL quarterback contract of all time because of the large sum of money that he had guaranteed. Kirk Cousins yeah. is like, hold my beer. Yeah, right. <laughs> How about but, 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 but numbers-wise, for sure. How about Ronnie Stanley? Just signed a $99 million contract this week. $71 million guaranteed. Boom, injury first. I mean, how's that for timing? That's way better timing than Dak Prescott. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My goodness. It's, it's, it's crazy. Well, Kostaki, I know you have a podcast. I'd like to plug your podcast because I know Joe just did it. It's, it's the Quick Snaps podcast. And uh, yeah. where can people find that and where can they listen to you? Yeah, anywhere you find it. We're, we're doing it every Monday night. In fact, we do, a, we do this version. We do a Facebook Live version on uh, Mondays at 7.30 Eastern. Uh, most of my listeners are in the Midwest, so we, we speak in Eastern time over here. Uh, and, Andy's uh, in the Midwest now, yeah, so he'll, be, I, he'll, he'll tune in. I actually oh, just okay. moved back to uh, Cincinnati, where I'm from. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. all right. Uh, yeah, most of our guys are Bob and Tom listeners who come find me from there. So we're, we're pitching to the to the Midwesterners for the most part. Yeah, so anywhere you get your podcast, we do it once a week. And we're starting to do more and more uh, sort of bonus content with the Patreon folks. And we're really enjoying it, man. It's been a fun season. I'm so glad there's football. We Yeah, yeah Dirt Balls. It's a fun show. I did it a couple of weeks ago. You have a great co-host, Aaron Hodges. And and guys, if you – if you're desperate for just more football talk, this is this is your <laughs> this is your next podcast to go to. This is tag tag quick snaps to the list. And, and what about on social media? Where can people find you? You know what? Uh, about 12 days ago, I've been thinking about this for two years. And about 12 days ago, I talked to a lawyer. I did I did a title search. I grabbed the URL. I grabbed the social media titles everywhere. I launched my uh, football comedy brand that I've been brewing for a long time. It's called All Pro Lines. All the big three at All Pro Lines on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Come find me. I'm just at the very ground level. We're doing caption contests and lots of visual comedy. I'm kind of trying to train my stand-up brain to write visually now, which is an interesting challenge. Uh, we're, you know, I'm pumping out jokes. We got, I, we did a thing where we had people uh, write uh, for a Jets meme, you know, like funny lines. And I got to tell you. I was shocked at how good the lines were. You know, some you know civilians aren't very good. At, comics aren't very good at writing jokes. You got to write ten yeah. jokes to write one good one. But these guys are great. I mean, I've really loved this this new little foundation. We got a we got a neat little community of people who love football and comedy. So come join us, all pro lines. Cool. 
Well, Kostaki Economopolis, did I do it again? Did I do yeah, it? Yeah, the biggest name in comedy. Look hey, at you, Andy. Hey, man, I'm on, I'm on a roll, even though it's Monday. Well, it's great having you on, and we'll have to bring you back. Absolutely. It's great to talk to you guys. Uh, and, go Falcons. And, and now that we know you're just going to tell people to kill yourselves, if I'm ever out of town, you can slip right into my seat <laughs> and, <laughs> and tell people to take this suicide train. It's the New York approach to all problems. Ah, yeah. kill yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, Kostaki, great having you on, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. What a great guy. Yeah. And you, and, and you did you know him through the comedy circuit? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've done some stuff together uh, in New York. He, he did my, uh, my casino show a few times, and uh, I've just followed him on social media for a bit, and he's got great football content, and, uh, and I did his show, and it was nice. You know, it's just get, get some fresh blood in here, get somebody, t- somebody else telling people to kill themselves for once. I, I, just get to, I just get to sit back and put my hands up. Yeah. That's that. That truly is amazing to get somebody else to drop that line. Yeah, you guys didn't plan that, did you? Not at all. Not at all. That's just. I'm telling you, that's that's just New Yorkers doing doing New York things. It's like if you had somebody from Cincinnati, they'd be like, "Yeah, I got to get out of here. I got some chili to eat." And you're like, "Hey, <laughs> we've been doing that gag for a while." I mean, Prano, have I gone full wet, full Midwest? I I ordered a Papa John's Papadilla yesterday. I mean, the Papadilla, I, really I don't good. even, from, really good. from the, from the commercial, it's just a pizza that's folded onto itself. It's, it's kind of a, I remember when you would call the delivery, you'd call the restaurant back and be like, yeah, my delivery guy's a jackass. The whole pizza's folded over on itself. It's kind of and a, now they're like, that's a Papadilla. It's maybe their version of like a, of a light calzone. Okay. It's more of that. But I, but I, just, I, I just love that John Leguizamo is the Papadilla voice. Is it him? I think so. It sounds, I, I, and hopefully I'm not just going to get hit with like a racist, but like, it sounds like Leguizamo. Yeah. Papadilla. I, I mean, I ordered it, but I, but I also, I, I see where everyone gets fat here. Like, I get it. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm 20 days in, and I, I, I just, I see it, man. It's... It's the crappy weather. It's all the cheese and meat and food. And, and, and look, I got to get it under control. Let's just say that much. Like, now, can see- we talk a little bit, since we're recapping games, can we talk a little bit about, like, where does this game yesterday fall on the Andy Ruther curse? Joe Burrow beats the Titans in, in probably, I would say, the most surprising upset of the weekend. I mean, they dominated. They, is, is that Andy Ruther curse because you root against them now? Is that Andy Ruther, like, is the Andy Ruther curse not taken to Cincinnati yet and now they're winning games? Well, look, I like Joe Burrow. I've said this, you and I have both said this for, you know, a year and a half now. I want him to succeed and I want him to do well. Now, obviously, if he succeeds and if he does well, the team is going to do well. So right. I'm not in particular rooting for the Bengals when I'm watching that game. I don't want to see Burrow die on the field because he's getting hit a lot. You know, I don't want to see him make poor decisions and bad plays. I enjoy watching him. Um, that was a shocker for all of us because it really wasn't close. It wasn't close. No, they went up early and I was like, ah, that's just a, you know, 
the classic trap, you know, the, a good team gets, gets down early. It's going to be a comeback. Um, but they never came back. And it, and like you said, it wasn't really even close. I mean, they were up, I believe I could be correct on this. They were up 30 to seven. Yeah. You know, in the third quarter. So, uh, it was definitely a blowout and, you know, Henry still rushed for over a hundred yards. What, um, what does this make you think about the Titans as a, as like a contender, I guess, or lack thereof, because to me from coaching style of play, what they were able to do last year, the way they've competed in big games this year, even in losses, like in the Pittsburgh game, I, I fully had them as like a contender. I, and by contender, I mean, you know, somebody that can go deep in the playoffs, somebody that could play in the Super Bowl. I don't necessarily think, you know, a contender means like they're sure they, they, they could, they have a good chance to win the Super Bowl. Cause I think there's very few of those teams in the league right now, honestly. Yeah. Look, I, look, I think I had them as a contender for sure. And it, and it is just one game. And obviously they were coming off a tough loss uh, the week before against the Steelers. And the thing about the Bengals is, and they said this during the game outside of the one Baltimore game, they've been in at, every single game so you can look at the record and say oh the Bengals are coming in with one win but I would say overall the Bengals aren't just an awful team you know they're, they're not on a, a level of a Jets or anything like they're a team that can win games yeah they have a good quarterback now their defense is atrocious but they stepped up yesterday yeah so uh I, I don't know I, I think if you're going to look at Tennessee I still say they win that division. I still think they are all around a better team than the Colts. But, I mean, you bring up a great point as far as going far. You know, you're going to have the Chiefs. You're going to have the Steelers. You're going to have the Ravens. Uh, who knows what the Bills are going to bring to the table come the playoffs. Um, I'm not going to look too much into that game. I'm just going to say any well, Since you just mentioned them, what about this Ravens team? I would say that this Ravens team, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have beaten very good teams in uh, the regular season. They've obviously struggled in the playoffs. I think a lot of people look at that game yesterday going into the weekend and say playoff game, playoff type atmosphere. And I know it's not technically a playoff game, but they get beat. Uh, it comes down to the end. I mean, the Steelers just keep surviving these close games. Um, does that does that give you any sense that like the Ravens are just bound to have this kind of season again? I think the Ravens and I think Lamar Jackson. I think they need to improve greatly. I mean, if the, who's a better Who's a better team right now, the Bills or the Ravens? It's a good question. Who, who do you think has an opportunity to go further in the playoffs? Because I, I kind of think I still that say the Ravens. I kind of think that that's the tier that we're talking about for this Ravens team at this point. After last year just being so dominant and having an MVP season from Lamar. I mean, I just don't think – I'd honestly say you, you got the Chiefs, you got the Steelers. I, I kind of want to say, and I know obviously it's hard to, hard to punish the Ravens for losing that game and then not – hold the Titans to the same standard for losing to the Bengals. But like, if I rank them, I'm going to put the, the Titans ahead of the Ravens. Um, 
I, th- I think this much about the Ravens. I, you know, I've read a lot. I'm sure. But maybe that's the, the tier is like Ravens, Bills, uh, Titans, that kind of second tier. I agree. And look, the Ravens are going to be fine, but their offense is not what it was last year. They were right. blowing teams out. Lamar Jackson was not turning the ball over. He had four turnovers yesterday. His completion percentage is down. His rushing yards are down. His passing yards are down. His touchdown. I mean, it's all down across the board for him. I think he. And their defense hasn't been as good. So exactly. You know, it's a combo. I think he needs to show some progression. And in my opinion, he's not. Now, it's only year three for Lamar. But look what happened again yesterday. And, and w- when they get down, he still, in my opinion, does not have the capability to bring them back. They were yeah. ahead on all those games last year. We saw them in the playoffs when they played Tennessee. Joe, they got down early. He, they can't be slinging the ball around 45, 50 times for them to win games. They just can't. I mean, I know we talk all about it in the NFL these days and play actions, a cheat code and the Ravens have a different style of offense, obviously than most teams, but it is run based. And when you get down, it's tough to come back in games by just running the football. Yeah. And when the Ravens just seem like a team where if you know that they have to lean past at this point, they're a lot easier to defend. Yeah. And, and like we're saying, he still doesn't have the accuracy of the top-tier quarterbacks. And again, it's only year three, but he's going to have to make that progression and improve. Or you, you, you're kind of looking at his career and you're saying, well, well where does this leave you in, in two or three years? Well, just like I've always said about Cam, it's like, it's not a long-term strategy to say our quarterback is going to rush the ball X amount of times per game and survive and be healthy and always be at a hundred. Even if a guy stays on the field, like we saw with Cam in Carolina, it's like, okay, he's on the field, but every week we got to talk about his shoulder. He doesn't look right. Is he still hurt from this? Is he still hurt from that? And that's, you know, sort of what's going on in San Francisco right now too. It's like, guys, can you just put Jimmy Garoppolo on the bench until he's healthy? Like every week he's limping off the field with a high ankle sprain. It's like maybe just get his ankle healthy, then bring him back and figure it out. Well, let me pose this question to you. We're talking about that second tier outside of the Chiefs and Steelers. And and we're seems like we're in agreement. We're saying the Titans – the Ravens, the Bills, and maybe maybe the Colts are could be thrown in that second tier. If I say between Tannehill, Lamar Jackson, and um, God, why why is why is why is the Bills quarterback slipping? Josh my Allen. Josh Allen. Thank you. If I say between those three, who do you want to have in the playoffs? To me, it's pretty easy. I'm going to say Tannehill. Yeah, I know it's going to infuriate a lot of people. But I think what Tannehill's been able to do with the Titans, I just think that your risk-reward, like it, 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 Tannehill to me, when you're comparing him to those guys, it's almost like L.A. weather. It's only going to get so hot, but it's only going to get so cold, you know? Whereas it's like, oh, do you want 
Do you want Lamar Jackson? He's like Palm Springs. I mean, in February, it's going to be a perfect 85. You also got to deal with 130 sometimes. Sure. It's like, I, I feel like come playoff time, you have to be a complete team. And sure, if you're, you know, if you are um, an underdog to a team, you might need a player to step up and make a play. And I think that Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen have higher ceilings, but come playoff time, it's almost like you just want a lower, you know, a higher floor. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you on that. And, and I think, uh, I think you're going to have the steady play, like you're saying with the steady weather comparison of Tannehill and as great as a Lamar or even, you know, Allen can be, it can be feast or famine with those guys sometimes. I, I think, I think the thing with Lamar is we've seen like, you need to see them make an adjustment to say like, when it ain't going, this is what we're going to do. And we haven't seen that yet from them. And it's, and it's burned them in the playoffs a couple of times. Yeah. With Josh Allen, I, I, I think the, the question right now is if you're, if you're a, a Bills playoff team, and you win the division, but you're probably not, you know, the top, one of the top two teams in the East, in the, in the AFC. So you're probably playing four playoff games. Are you having four elite Josh Allen performances in a row? And I think that's hard to count on right now. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Ryan Tannehill, could you get four just right down the middle of the road, handing the ball off to Derrick Henry, making the plays where he needs to? let the defense do their thing plays games from Ryan Tannehill. And I think you could. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I totally agree. Um, well, we have, I love these quarterback discussions and uh, we're going to have a great game tonight. And you know what I'm going to be Between doing during two the great quarterbacks. <laughs> exactly. We, get, we, we got the goat and then he's, I mean, I wouldn't say Daniel Jones is the goat. <laughs> have the, the breaks. Well, Joe, tonight I will be playing the Stakes app. In particular, I will be playing their combos questions tonight while we watch the Giants and Bucks on Monday Night Football. I, I absolutely love this, this, this new combos. If you guys have not played it, you really need to download the Stakes app. It's free. It's taking game in-game and game time to another level while you're watching sports. You simply answer questions in the app, and you can win real cash. It's sort of like HQ trivia meets sports meets your group chat. The best part is it's totally free. That's S-T-A-K-E-S, the Stakes app. And you can choose from the combos questions, which I have some here, which I'd like to read before uh, tonight's game. Do it. All right. Here's a good question. Tom Brady has thrown 11 TDs since his last interception. Which of these will happen first for Brady versus the Giants? A, he throws two TDs. B, he throws one interception. Or C, neither happens. I think two TDs and no interceptions is likely. Yeah, right? Yeah. But, look, the Giants' defense uh, has at least shown some fight this year. So an early pick of Tom Brady would be um, – I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. And, and that's the great thing with stakes is like, you play this, you gotta, you gotta think if everybody is going to pick the two TDs and I take the INT, 
you know, make a couple extra coins. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Um, here's another good one. Daniel Jones, this is your boy, has thrown. My boy. I'm sorry, not thrown. Daniel Jones has 10 turnovers this season in seven games. All right, we don't need to rub it in. <laughs> and at least one in every game. How many turnovers will he have versus the Bucks? A, zero, zero through one, or B, two plus? Zero through one. I'm going to go two plus. All right, will any player attempt a pass in the game other than Tom Brady and Daniel Jones? That's a good question. I'm going to say no. All right, one more question for tonight's game. Of the Bucs, 176 receptions this season, exactly half of them, which is 88, have been by wide receivers. Which Bucs position group has more receptions tonight? The wide receivers or the running backs plus the tight ends? I think that's Ooh, running backs plus tight ends. That's a fun one. Yeah. Uh, Giants love to give up tight end catches. That's their, that's their kryptonite for – as long as they've been a franchise, I'll go running backs and tight ends. Tom right. Brady loves that. They're little screens. A little he dumps. does. Well, dirt balls join our private dirty sports group chat on the stakes app. So after you download the stakes app from the app store, enter code dirty and you're in. It's that easy. You can chat and compete with myself and Joe, along with other dirt balls. Plus stakes is offering our private group members, special game perks that increase your chances of winning free cash. Stakes is currently only available for iPhones and iPad. Play for free, no credit card or purchase necessary. That's Stakes, S-T-A-K-E-S, in the App Store. All right, Joe. I really enjoyed yesterday's games, and, and I'd like to go over more. And we're talking QBs, and we, yeah. we talked about Burrow for a minute. And I put this question out on Twitter as far as who's the rookie of the year. Now I want to talk about Herbert. And what, first of all, just a total choke meltdown inexcusable in my opinion for the chargers to lose that game against a just inept offense of the broncos you don't give up a 21 point lead against that offense yeah you know i feel like everybody that you kind of get the on social media you kind of get like the i don't even know how to describe it but like the the popular take right and the popular take is like this is what the Chargers do. Chargers going to Chargers. Why there isn't more concern with Anthony Lynn's tendency to blow games. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I was, in fact, I was going to bring that up. I think it, I think it, it just seems like for some reason it's the one team that like it's a Chargers thing and it's not on the head coach. At least at least I mean I'm sure there are people calling for not calling for Lynn's head but saying like yeah, it's a coaching issue but it just seems to me like that it's so quick to be a coaching thing when teams blow these games, but for some reason it's like a Chargers thing. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree, Joe. I think that's a great point. I think he's a terrible coach. I think he's, I think terrible. he's bad. I, I mean, these are games – I don't know if he's terrible. Maybe I went too far. I just think these are games – like I said, you blow, you blow a big lead to the Kansas City Chiefs, understandable. Um, yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like, okay – yeah, you know, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't have jumped on you for a couple of But one thing's for sure, I just think that that doesn't happen to good coaches. No. It doesn't. And, and here is, uh, here's a fun fact I read today on an article about the Chargers and the Ringer. Every single loss the Chargers have, Joe, has been blown double-digit leads. It's unbelievable. So, so every single loss. So the argument could be made 
only bad coaches blow 10 plus point leads at least with at least more than once in a blue moon you know every every team is susceptible to some crazy performance by another team something goes wrong something happens but like to have this happen all the time that's on coaching 100% and and look at the opposite side you know until last week the Seahawks under Carroll were 59 and 0 with double digit leads and then they lost and they won. So my point is, look at the opposite end. The Seahawks are now 60-1 and one with double-digit leads yeah. with Carroll. Yeah. He, he's not going to blow a double-digit lead. Right. But Anthony Lynn has done it five times in one season. Yeah. And it sucks for Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is I – don't, I don't know who I would say is the rookie of the year right now. I think him and Burrow are both playing that well. And the dime passes that these guys make – yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it'll come down to statistics at the end of the season. I think uh, Burroughs had a harder go of it, given the talent surrounding him. But at the same time, Herbert's been great. Is Herbert the greatest quarterback in the history of football with acne? Like, the kid, he's like, he's like, he's a young he kid. Like, he's, yeah, he's still got I acne. Know, I, I know. I'm not, I'm not mocking yeah, him. It's sure. happened. It's happened all. I mean, it doesn't happen to Italians with olive skin very often, but like, he's just a child. He's I mean, a child. That's what's so crazy. I look at him and I think of myself at that age because I had acne too. And I think about that. I'm like, I see this young man carving up defenses, throwing just perfectly placed dime passes. And then I see his face and I'm like, that's me at 22, 23. It really is crazy. Yeah. And he is athletic. The, yeah. the, thing, the thing about him and both him and Burrow is these guys can avoid sacks and they're sneaky in the pocket and they have the ability to get out of tackles from the defense. Like they're both great. And, and obviously I put that out on Twitter and I just want to say to any of the dirt balls listening, uh, including you hall of fame, dirt ball stang guys, Justin Jefferson, no wide receiver. No one else is in this conversation. I agree. Like, but can we just end this? I don't care what your numbers are. We're talking about where are the chargers? Where are the Bengals without these QBs? They're not winning yeah. games, let yeah. alone being in all these games. Right. And the Vikings aren't winning games anyway. Yeah. I mean, so, they won yesterday, but geez, they're two and six. Yeah. Well, Joe, congrats to you. You called the Raiders win. I think we both called it. Uh, not only did I call it, I, I, I'm sad. I, 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 gotta, I, gotta, I should scold myself. I got up yesterday a little late. I made coffee. And I just didn't have it in me to get up and, and like double down. Basically what I'll say to, what I'll say to dirt balls who, you know, hit me up and they're like, where are these Instagram picks?" is like, I give you a preview of them on this show. Like I said, Raiders money line. I love the Raiders money line. I bet heavy on the money line. I won on the money line. I said, I'm going to buy some Raiders merch. I was shopping for Raiders merch yesterday. I love, I, the Vegas Raiders are my AFC team. I like, I kind of wanted to be on, on team charters with you because the stadium's right here and you had season tickets, but now that you have abandoned us, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going full Raiders, me and Mo Harris. We're going to go to the Death Star. Well, how about this? Again, I still have charger season tickets. And as of now, things can change. I plan on holding on to those tickets because I don't think it's that crazy. If I come out to LA for, I pick a time where there's 
back-to-back Chargers home games that come out for a couple weeks, right? Yeah. We can go to a Raiders Chargers yeah. game. And you can wear your Raiders gear and all the other games I don't go to, I'll just sell uh, on the market. But, yeah, I do like the idea of you and Moharis doing a little road trip to uh, – Yeah, a little Raiders road trip. No, I'm into it. I've been, I, I've been trying to shop for some Raiders merch. I, I almost might reach out to the Raiders because their Vegas Raiders merch is, is lacking, but, but I will, I'll find something. I want like a Dennis Green style like windbreaker. Remember like the just like the fat guy windbreaker like buttons <laughs> up and has a collar. I want like the 80s, 90s style fat coach windbreaker. That's a great look. Yeah. Like like a FBI agent raiding a house windbreaker, <laughs> but with the Raiders on it. That's so true. It really did look good in that Raiders black. Yeah. It's like a button up with like a, you know, with like the sort of the sweatshirty type of lining. Yeah. Like, Let's go. Oh, and plus living in Los Angeles, you'll fit right in. Yeah. I mean, that's still Raiders town. But, you know, everybody said yesterday and, and I saw somebody tweet, I forget who tweeted it, but somebody was like, the Raiders line, it's going to be cold and windy and blah, blah, blah. And it's Cleveland and the Raiders line is going down. And I'm like, what proof is there that like Cleveland's good in the fucking snow? I mean, like, <laughs> Cleveland never wins games. And they, they, they've always been in the snow. They've always had cold weather and they're a dumpster fire franchise. So the idea that like, Cleveland's better suited to playing cold weather than anybody else is kind of ridiculous. That wind, by the way, yesterday. statistically, are statistically, if you took a big enough sample size, would Cleveland Browns be like the worst team in NFL history in temperatures under X degrees? I don't know. That's a good question. Because they play there probably from November on every year, and they almost never win any football games. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even snow or anything. It was just the wind because we got yeah. it here. The wind. Yeah was so intense blown off that lake but again we had it here like the leaves were, it was out of control yeah. uh the the old man of me was like hey i just i just cleaned up those leaves on saturday now the wind's knocking them all down off the tree uh old man yells at clouds yeah but you saw that in the vikings packers game the wind was also insane at lambo and uh I was enjoying late last night before bed. I caught up on my boy's Twitter, your, your Twitter right here, and see you going back and forth with people over the reckless decision. You've deemed reckless, and I'm going to deem it reckless as well. I just uh, don't understand. I mean, I know it worked out for the Packers, so if they score a touchdown there, they at the end of the game, they, they, kick, a, they kick it to win, provided they don't miss it in this crazy wind that no one can kick it. That, that, that the two teams went six for six on extra points in. But uh, I, just, I just feel like there's a real desperation these days from coaches. And, and it's become like a, you know, a through line on our Monday show. But like this idea that like, I just think everybody's looking at this stuff in some sort of statistical vacuum and going like the league average is 48% on two point conversions. Well, first of all, 48% is less than 50%. So let's start there. Okay. And second of all, you look during the game last night in Philly, Dallas, the Eagles are 62% in Doug Peterson's uh, coaching career on two point conversions. So therefore, 
you know, if you take out outliers like that, how much does that go down? Like the idea that we're just, we're just going, two point conversions are 50-50, I think is some, is some of the most reckless, mathlete shit that I've ever heard. Yeah. And also, well, if you, even if you think about it that way, it's like, I love Charlie Ryan, our, you know, pseudo Midwest intern dirtball, but he's like the, the percentage chance of the Packers going missing two straight. It's like, but you just told me it's 50, 50. So flipping a coin twice and getting heads, heads, isn't that crazy. The idea that it's some statistical anomaly that you're going to flip a coin twice and get heads, heads. It's not. I just think that the, the risk reward in these situations is reckless. And also, like I said, in that Packers game, if you come back from two touchdowns to tie the game, you have momentum. Don't you at home in overtime? Isn't this your game to lose now? Correct. I totally agree. I am all for being aggressive. I've joked on here. I would go for it on every fourth down. You know, I, I, I would be the crazy Mike Leach in a way if I was coaching. That's how I'm going to do with the third grade basketball team, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some chances. But there is a thing to momentum. There is a thing to why put your offense behind the eight ball. If you get a touchdown, you don't get that two-point conversion. Now you have to get the two-point conversion at the end of the game to tie. Right. And let's say they do that and then they tie and it doesn't matter, right? It's all, it, it, it all plays out. When you are down two touchdowns, if you score a touchdown to pull within a one score of the game, you have, take, you have taken the momentum and you have said, okay, to one score game now, we're coming for you. You better, you better convert on offense or we're going to tie this game. You give that momentum right back by failing on a two-point conversion. You give them a glimmer of hope. You, get, you let them sit back. I just think momentum is not being factored into this at all. And I, I, I hate repeating myself every week on the show, but again, this is like people playing the blackjack book and then disregarding when you can count cards and see what's happening in momentum. Yeah. Where does this leave you with the Packers? We were both shocked. Everyone was shocked by this game. Yeah. You know, they were obviously I wasn't that shocked. I mean, I said that they, I, I could have seen the Vikings being playing this game close. Um, obviously, they win. It's a division game. Um, I, I mean, here's the thing with the Packers. I think the Packers are susceptible to the same thing that they were last year, which obviously cost them, you know, a chance at the Super Bowl, which is they have a hard time stopping the run. They're, they're, they're great. They have a decent to great pass rushing defense. Obviously they have Aaron Rodgers on offense. And so he's going to make their offense, you know, fine on every given day, but you get to a, you get to a playoffs where guys are going to run the ball against you especially in January, it's going to be tougher. The thing, the thing that doesn't, that makes me not that scared if I'm a Packers fan is unlike the AFC where you have these tiers of the chiefs and this, and the Steelers, and then kind of, you know, the next group that we talked about, who is your, like, who are you so afraid of in the NFC East? I don't, or in the NFC, not the East, obviously we're not afraid of anybody in the NFC East, but in the, but that's, even that coming up, like the NFC East is out of it. Sure. You know what I mean? 
I feel like every team has some holes. Obviously, Tampa Bay looks like they're, you know, coming on strong, but they'll have a good test next week against New Orleans. I almost feel like the thing in the NFC is going to be the team that gets hot. Who's playing well come playoff time? And then good luck when you get to a Super Bowl against, you know, potentially a Chiefs team. But like, I'm not super worried if, if I'm trending to be a playoff team right now, and the Packers obviously are. I'm not super worried right now because it's like, who am I worrying about? I'm worrying about playing the Bears. I'm worried about playing the Seahawks. I'm worried about playing the, you know, like, that's when you look at a team like Arizona. It's like Arizona's five and two. They're on a bye. They, they probably feel great about their last win. It's like, to me, it's, it's teams that get hot. And, and also, when you look at a team like Tampa Bay, like, obviously you want to start winning games and winning every game you possibly can. But there's, I think in the NFC, it's going to be who gets hot at the right time. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be really interesting how it plays out. I mean, yesterday you see it in the, the NFC West, you know, obviously we talked about it earlier, but I want to go back to it for a minute, Joe, the Rams. Atrocious. I mean, Tua threw for 95 yards. Yeah. And turned the ball over. Like, like he didn't do any, he, he did. Let's just repeat this. He did nothing to win that game. Right. Nothing against Tua. He fumbles. He gets crushed right on his first drop back to pass. My point is that's how, inept Jared Goff and that offense was. And, and if you look at the, uh, if you look at that Dolphins game, I almost feel like with, and, and obviously anything can be different, but, uh, but it reminded me a lot of their game against the Niners minus an explosiveness on offense that led to them, you know, absolutely blowing out the Niners. But their defense plays great. Their special teams plays great. They keep the ball away from the Rams. They take the ball away from the Rams. And, uh, you know, Tua really doesn't show you very much. With, with a – and I'm not saying that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a better quarterback than Tua, although, you know, probably right now they're at their, where they both are in their careers, he probably is. Um, that could have been a way worse blowout. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing watching the game yesterday. And then you move to San Francisco, Seattle game. You alluded to it earlier. Jimmy G just looked bad. And I don't know if it's because he's hurt. Obviously he got hit a lot. This, the Seattle defense actually showed up yesterday, at least for three quarters. Um, Mullins came in and actually played really well. Yeah. But w- what are they doing here at quarterback? They're now four and four. I mean, barring some sort of meltdown, from the Seahawks or let's say the Cardinals, I think it's safe to say that they're not going to win that division now. Right. Wouldn't you say? Right. But that doesn't mean that they can't sneak in. Sure. And and then again, we saw a hint of them getting hot and then, you know, it gets dialed back by the performance yesterday, which credit to your Seahawks um, and credit to like, I mean, Bobby Wagner was fantastic. And it almost seemed like Pete Carroll was like, hey, let's have a spy-like blitz on Jimmy G all day and get him off his spots because he has a high ankle sprain that they keep playing him with. Uh, to me, I think, you know, and this is something that happened with my Giants uh, during the, the Tom Coughlin Super Bowl runs. 
but the Giants would sneak in and be hot because they just they they played the, Coughlin would play this poker game where he would be like, "Look, we just have to get in the playoffs." Yeah. And then when we get in the playoffs, we have to be healthy. So take your chances that you just and and they did it did burn them a lot of times as well. But take your chances that if you don't play these guys, you don't get in. The flip side of that coin is play these guys or, you know, sit these guys, get healthy. Then if you get in, you can be dangerous. And it just seems like the Niners and Garoppolo, they're going with a totally different strategy where they're like, we need him to win. And it's like, but if he gets hurt, you're not going to have him. And they actually and, played way better with Nick Mullins. Now, I know, again, you know, it's a 30-7 to 7 lead, and right. Seattle's defense is suddenly playing that BS prevent. Uh, but I just think you got to let him get healthy. Yeah. I still think he's the best quarterback on that team. I don't think there's a quarterback controversy. How good is Jimmy G? I don't know. But he's clearly hobbled, and I think you just got to let him get healthy. And you, you play your cards when he's back and he's healthy. Yeah. Whatever they may be. Where, where do we put DK Metcalf at this point? Freak. Unbelievable. Like, he's he... become, I mean, you know, obviously Russ has a great relationship with Lockett. He seems like he's like their big play guy, like the, the, the deep threat and whatever. But like D, DK Metcalf is now just this beast-like security blanket. I mean, the amount of times that Russ will just go to him on a two-yard slant and then he's just shedding guys and getting yeah. first, like the amount of times that he's throwing it to him short of the sticks and DK Metcalf just uses big boy strength to get it. It's like, it gives them a whole other element on that offense. Well, I think Russ now has that relationship with him. And I don't know if you've seen, you know, DK, his whole thing has been Russ for MVP at all the press conferences. Yeah. And they've talked about it many times. Russ has been telling him going into this year, dude, you're a top five receiver. Like get that in your head. When he like and, on that and run, he, and he certainly looks like it. I mean, I, I looked right now. Both Metcalf and Lockett each have seven touchdown catches. Yeah, you know they both have anywhere from four hundred fifty to five hundred fifty yards. Both guys should catch a thousand yards passing. I mean, it, 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 <coughs> it's true. I know I keep posting it on social. It just blows my mind how he fell to the second. I just don't get it. I just don't get how he fell to the second round. It's one of those things, you know. Look, I, I don't really want to go there, but it, it's one of those things that's like he, he seems like he has a personality, which I don't think there's anything wrong with the guy at all. I know there's questions about his like character or whatever. I think he's just got one of those personalities that scares old white guys. Yeah. God, he's so good. Are the Bears the worst five and three team you've ever seen? The Bears are just – And yet they, I, they were right in that – it makes me question I, I, the Saints I, I, as well. I won, I won on the Bears because I was like, what? Like, the, the idea that you're going into this game in, in cold, windy Chicago and that this is going to be some sort of blowout, I just didn't see it happening. But, yeah, they're, they're just – they just have no offensive personality at all. And I've said this before about this Bears team is like, we have to stop throwing around offensive genius for a guy who can't score 20 fucking five points in a football game. Ever. I don't, I don't think anyone's saying that, Joe. I really don't. I mean, who's calling 
Nagy an offensive genius. That was like the hire, right? That's like, oh, we're bringing him in. He's so creative offensively, blah, blah, blah. Suddenly, Tariq Cohen's gone, and he's not that creative. I mean, it's, it's painful to watch, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I still think they're better off with Foles. I still think they have a ball hawking defense that's going to, like, be problematic. I mean, but I just don't see – when we talked about it before – like the the get hot thing, I I just don't see the Bears getting hot. No, nothing about them says they get hot. Yeah, nothing about them is scary in my like like the defense is is good. Yeah, it's good. It's fine. And but like they have playmakers on defense, and and that's the thing is like if if those guys get hot you know if you if they start taking the ball away and they start making plays on defense but i just think that only goes so far if you're not going to play consistent ball moving offense yeah yeah it's it's they i mean the bear the bears offense now is i hope we get pass interfered with like that's their offense sure and they don't have a like they that with that type of defense you need a running game and they just don't have it yeah now the Bears aren't nearly as bad as that attempt of a football game that we saw last night. Ben Denucci. Chad Denucci. Ben Denucci. Chad. Chad's his brother. Joe, that was. Like- can I? Let me ask you something. Has there ever been a more Mike McCarthy story in the history of Mike McCarthy's career than? Mike McCarthy's quarterback is currently a guy who played at a small school, would have been drafted by no one if he wasn't drafted by the Cowboys, and happened to play youth basketball for Mike McCarthy's brother's team. Like, Mike McCarthy, what is you doing? I didn't see that youth basketball part. Yeah. His brother coached. Ben DiNucci in youth basketball. He's like, you got to keep an eye on this guy. He's a uh, he's good little hooper. And he's at James Madison these days or wherever he yeah, fucking plays. James play. Madison. I'll tell you what. DiNucci's, I'm sure, makes a great chicken parm. But I yeah. don't want that guy playing quarterback on Sunday night football. And, and neither did the Cowboys. That's why they lined up a wide receiver that every other guy on the team taking snaps. I mean, serious question. Not even making a joke here. Yeah. That, for me, might have been... Have you been the Nucci's? <laughs> that might have been for me the worst Sunday night football game I've ever watched. That was really bad. Wentz was bad. The oh. Eagles were bad. Doug Peterson coaching. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I'm going to go this far. Doug and, Peterson. And then, is and, then a- at the end, and then it's a game at the end, and the, the Cowboys guy is just laying on the ground with the football. And they're like, the play's not over until somebody kicks the football out of his hands. <laughs> what? Like that, the idea that they reviewed that and still called it a touchdown, they were like, the, the rest were like, finish this fucking football game so we can go home. If I got to watch one more snap of Ben Benucci, I'm going to fucking quit. I've never seen a worse, like, like worse quarterback play. Like, like nothing against this kid, like you said. Look, he went to James Madison. I know he started off at Pitt. But he had no right being on that field last night. 
in a primetime Sunday night football game. No right. Like I, I, I kept thinking about what's going through the head of Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, CeeDee Lamb. Like they're just thinking this guy's got to get me the ball. Yeah. Now, and, listen. And, and there has to be. Look. I'm going to do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm going to do it. Don't do it. You can't tell me <laughs> Kaepernick's not better last night. Here's the thing. I, don't do it. <laughs> here's the thing. I obviously had an outspoken Colin Kaepernick ab, uh, advocate from the beginning. I also, very realistic. It's like, dude, you can't take five years off and come back. Now, that's the NFL's fault. You know, I think that the NFL is absolutely responsible for all the years off. And I have said last year, even when we were talking, two years ago is a different story. But last year when we were talking, it's like, it's a little late, you know, it's a little late to think he's going to come in and make, uh, you know, a Texans team better when Deshaun Jackson, or Deshaun Watson is on the uh, bench for a week. But you can't tell me he's not better than Ben DiNucci. And whoever the backup guy, Gilbert Grape, they had as his back, like waiting to come in just in case Ben did. And also, how do you not take Danucci out at some point? Well, that's what so I was you wondering. Can't tell, you can't tell me Kaepernick's not better than Ben Danucci. No, I, I agree. Well, the announcer. And, and by the way, everybody's love, you know, there's a lot of talk, like MAGA type talking points these days. Like, if you look, it's like, what about Hunter Biden's email? Like, the email thing. It's a remarkable. Like, I've never seen people more obsessed with emails, but like, he lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. Well, just so everybody's aware, Blaine Gabbert is in the NFL currently, today. Well, look, I don't want to go down that route, and we don't even have to, because even the announcers made multiple jokes. They joked that Kellen Moore was going to be suiting up. Should he be wearing a helmet instead of a headset? They even made a Roger Staubach joke. I, I was watching the game with my girlfriend and she goes, she's like, they just keep roasting these teams. She's like, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't know anything, they would have convinced me that this is a bad football game. She's like, why are they just roasting these teams? I was like, cause they're really bad. It's unwatchable. It's, it's not, this is how I describe it. There's some bad football games where it's like the train wreck or the car crash that you can't turn your head away. To me, that wasn't that. It's just hurtful on the viewing eyes because it's so bad. And I agree with you. I don't know how you don't take this guy out. Like some of these passes, again, I'm not even blaming it. He should not be in that position to begin with. And, and Doug Peterson, I, I got to talk about this guy for a minute. But you now, been, let's, but before we move on to Doug Peterson, we both have a, lot, have a lot to say. Colin Kaepernick's better than Ben DiNucci last night, right? Yeah, right off the course. couch. Like, in, in, like if, he, if he has to play in a black leather jacket with the black fist glove on, like if he, if he has to throw with a black leather, Black Panther glove, he's still better than Ben DiNucci last night, correct? Yeah. I, you know what? Here's the reason I know. Ben, the not going to work here anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, here's the reason I know that it seems pretty obvious for the Cowboys to at least like try him out or whatever, but he's not going to do it. If the Cowboys signed Kaepernick on the week that Trump lost an election, I think Jerry Jones is worried about actual head explosions of his fan base. <laughs> like just literal people's heads just 
exploding and blood and guts running down shoulders onto jean shorts onto air jordans i'm not even talking about him i'm talking there's got to be somebody else out there i can't believe they haven't gone back to the kitna well where's brandon whedon i was just thinking what's john kitna up to these days mike mccarthy doesn't still have matt flynn's number but let's talk about doug peterson for a minute you're going Imagine Eli Manning walking out, Undertaker fucking meme <laughs> as a cowboy. You're going against the third string quarterback who literally they're lining up at receiver. They're taking out of the game. They're running wild formations. Why does Doug Peterson continue to risk it and go for it on fourth down? So it's yeah, and, and such bad play calling and, and the re- such bad coaching decisions. And the reasoning just seems so reckless to me out of Collinsworth and Michaels, which is you're not afraid of him. So you're not afraid if you give him the ball on a short field that he's going to make you pay. To which I say he's Danucci and the Cowboys offense looked so bad last night that the idea that you wouldn't always punt them back into their zone so that, one, you get the ball back at a short field, and two, the idea of him trying to come out of his own end zone doesn't lead to you scoring. Like, the, 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 the potential of turnover touchdown for you goes up exponentially. I couldn't disagree more with all of those Peterson calls. They were so bad. And, and, and on then, the flip side, then, Carson Palmer you, or Carson Palmer. Yeah. Carson Wentz keeps fumbling the goddamn ball. Yeah, and then you post it and then people go, What is Carson Wentz missing their season? Well, how about this? Stop going for it on fourth down if your quarterback's incompetent, which Carson Wentz looks incompetent at times. Carson, only, like Carson Wentz looks decent late in games against bad teams that have put up a fight for a long time against a bad Eagles team, Carson Wentz at this point, and I was a Carson Wentz fan for a long time. Carson Wentz isn't good. No, he's not. And can we lose the camo sleeve? Are, are you hunting a deer? What, what is the camo sleeve? I mean, I tweeted about it. I'm like, his decision-making is precisely what I expect from a guy who wears digi camo. Like, bro, are you duck hunting? Like, it's just, yeah, it's so Pennsylvania garbage. That's just shit Pennsylvania people wear to church. Like, man, it's not camo. It's digi camo. What's it's digi camo? It's like, it's like that, like, it looks like pixelated camo, which I guess is camouflage if you were hiding in a video game. Like, I don't even know why this exists, but it is for sure the top selling fabric pattern in Pennsylvania. I can guarantee you that they don't sell more black t-shirts than they sell digi camo shirts. Yeah. Because Pennsylvania is garbaggio. Wentz is, is pretty bad these days. And the combination of him going for it on fourth and Wentz just getting lit up multiple times, I, I just don't understand. I mean, let's not forget his MVP-esque season until he got hurt. Because that was 2017. Yeah. It's three full seasons ago. Like Frank Reich, new offense, the whole thing. Same thing we talked about before. 
Where's Jared? Go Where's 2017 Jared Goff? I love that everybody does that. By the way, like we we are, we are on that same page, obviously, and I just think that's just being reasonable people. Jared Goff isn't as good as he looked when they were catching teams by surprise. Carson Wentz isn't as good as he looked when they were catching teams by surprise. Running RPOs in 2017, where it was just mind blowing thing that defensive coordinators didn't understand. Now that every the league's totally caught up with them, they both look trash. And people are fine with saying it about Jared Goff, but Carson Wentz needs to be like defended for some reason. I don't know how you defend Carson Wentz at this point. I don't either, but the entire state of Pennsylvania is probably defending him. Well, Joe, one last thing I want to bring up. Ben Denucci. For discussion. Are you ready to give some credit to Tom Brady? Are oh, you... I thought I, I thought you were going uh, Mike Tomlin on me. That uh, I, I was like, I'm ready to give Tom Brady hasn't even played this week. Joe, I'm talking Patriots. Look, the Patriots they're two are, and five. Yes, but four straight losses. The Patriots thing to me is still obviously it's a quarterback. Obviously, the quarterback is a big part of it. But I am an open. Cam Newton truther. <laughs> I have said that this is an experiment that only works if you run Cam into the ground. Now, Cam fumbles to cost wow. him that game. Say, while he's running. Right, while he's running. That's look, that's part of the that's part of the you know chances you take running that style. They still ran him nine times yesterday, I believe. It just seems to me it's like if this is your strategy, Bill Belichick, and maybe as far as the credit to Tom Brady versus the credit to Bill, maybe, maybe this is a little bit more of a, on Belichick than it is on like, let's talk about how great Brady was. But like, to me, I just think that this is, if this is your strategy, we're going to bring in Cam, we're going to run the ball, we're going to play defense. And then you bring in Cam and you don't really run him that much and you don't really get that creative with the running quarterback thing, then it's like, what are you doing here? Why isn't it Stidham? Why? And, and that's the, that's the whole other thing is there was this whole, you know, Stidham talk for a while. And now it's when it's not cam, it's Hoyer. Like why? Like, yeah, the whole strategy seems back backwards to me. Now, look, no one, ever including me who is a you know brady truther uh belichick slurper whatever no one ever said that stidham or hoyer or cam newton are going to be for the patriots with tom brady is but i, I like the newton move and i liked how it worked out in the first couple weeks because it was like okay we're abandoning everything we were with Tom Brady. We're going with a different strategy. And now they're not really like, I'm just like, don't play Cam if you're going to play him this way. Look, I am obviously a, a huge Belichick guy. I, I've been a big supporter of Tom Brady for the most part. I think as this continues to play out, and if it does at the same rate for both Tampa Bay and New England, I just – I don't know how it doesn't solidify Brady as the best because what we're seeing 
these same injuries and the same lack of offensive weapons that Cam has, obviously Brady had last year. It's yeah, very similar. No doubt about that. But again, Brady didn't win the Super Bowl last year. No, he didn't right? win a playoff game, of course. Right, right. So, so let's keep all that in mind that no one was saying t- Cam Newton was an upgrade from even last year's Tom Brady. My point is this about the Patriots. For all that we can say about the, what the Patriots have or have not done, they were driving for a chance to win that game at Buffalo. Well, again, we're playing. Yeah, I, I get it. But again, he fumbles within the 15 yard line. It's right. A, it's a huge fumble. I don't think Brady's going to make that play or that turnover. My point is, I think Brady obviously fit in so well. Like that marriage was the ideal marriage. That Brady Belichick marriage, they fit so well together. And we're seeing for the first time, not, you know, an injury season or guys got to fill in for a few games for Brady. We're seeing what it's going to be like a first full season. I think you have to give some credit to Tom Brady and how well he was, like how good he was and how important. Yeah, but no, no one's ever questioned that the Brady-Belichick pairing was fantastic. The, like, again, the legacy and what they were able to accomplish, you cannot argue with that. The question has always – and, and also the question has never been, is Tom Brady in the Cam Newton class of quarterbacks? The, 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 the question was always, how much did Bill, how much was Bill Belichick responsible for taking a sixth-rounder and making him the GOAT when you have other great quarterbacks in the same era that didn't have the pairing of having an all-time coach? You know, you, you, and you have the Paytons, and you have the Roethlisbergers, and the, you know, the Breeze, and the Rodgers, and all these guys. That's, that's the, you know, that was always the thing. I think what it really, I, I, I'm just, I'm really shocked at the, the lack of creativity from the Belichick uh, strategy of let's bring in Cam and then let's do this. Cause it looked good for a minute. And now obviously Cam got COVID. So like, let's factor that in a little bit, but it just doesn't seem particularly interesting or strategic in we have Cam Newton, we have Cam Newton for one season. This is how we should use him. Well, let me and ask to, this. And to me, that was the thing. It's like everybody was saying, is Belichick going to tank? I don't think you bring in Cam Newton to tank, but I also don't know why you give Cam Newton a one-year contract if this is how you're going to use him. I almost feel like you're better off tanking. I want to go to the YouTube comments. Okay. Question from Jesse Stanga. Do the Patriots have more wins? With Jameis Winston. I don't know. I'm going to say no. Let me ask you something. How many more wins do you think the Patriots have this year if they have Tom Brady? They're two and five. I think you reversed those numbers. You think they're five and two with Tom Brady this year? I do. I, I just think that's – I don't think so. I, I think four and three is probably – I mean, look at where they were tra- – they were trending in this direction. Like I said I yesterday, I think they win that game. Hold on. Hold on. Let, let's just look at it. I think they win that game with Brady. I think they beat Kansas City. 
because their defense played that well that game. Remember how well their defense played? That's two more wins there. I mean, again, you, 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 I don't think you can take these things in a vacuum like that and say, okay. like, but no, I don't think that they're better with Jameis, but I just don't think, you know, uh, Jameis, what, what offense do you recreate for Jameis? You're not running the Tom Brady offense with Jameis. I, I think this much. I also think the respect, that's why. Now, I, why, now why the Cowboys haven't signed Jameis is a whole other story. You, you know, I'm not a Jameis fan, but Ben Benucci. (laughs) Not going to work here anymore. (laughs) I mean, that's got to be it. There's got to be a Danucci's Italian restaurant, right? Oh, yeah. It's just Nucci's, but the whole town's like, Danucci's. You're going to go to Danucci's. Danucci's. Yeah. Are you saying the Nucci's? No, the Nucci's. The Nucci's. You've been to Nucci's. The, the, the poor guy, I don't know if you, you probably didn't see this. Not only did he have a terrible game, they were, they were digging up his tweets from 2012. Yeah, and none of them were even that bad. Guys, can we just chill out on this? He smoked weed in high school? Good. He said the word gay a few times? Oh, is that, did they find stuff like that? Still, it's too, he's Ben DiNucci in outer Pittsburgh in 2012. Yeah, he's like 15 years old. Yeah. Let me guess. You called somebody a mama Luke one time, huh? <laughs> he asked a couple of girls in his class if they wanted to see his brajol. Is anybody shocked by any of this stuff? How many times do you think Brett Erst has said that? <laughs> you want yeah. to see my brajol? Yeah, probably a few times. Uh, I do think Brady, though, it's not just his ability. I think the, the leadership and the respect that he commands – in that locker room is, is, is wins. I think teams or I'm sorry, players are going to perform better with him at the helm. I don't think Cam has that respect. No. And, and nor like, I didn't expect him to bring it. I didn't expect that was not what I was expecting from this, from this. I, what I expected from this Patriots team is them getting wild and being like, we're all in, we're going the wildcat, we're running all kinds of crazy shit. We got camp for one year, let's run him into the ground. I again, I don't know how much COVID affected that or whatever, but he has been two different quarterbacks this year. He was one guy to start the year. He's been one guy since he came back. Uh, maybe that's just, maybe it's getting sick. Maybe it's teams catching up with it. Maybe it's whatever. I just don't see Belichick getting outsmarted. I just think this is a this was a bad strategy if this is how you're going to use him. I'm Bill Belichick. I'm going to bring in Cam Newton to try to recreate Tom Brady's passing offense. I could have told you that was not going to work. I got to go back to this Jameis to the Cowboys thing real quick. Did they win the division if they signed Jameis today? Probably. Yeah. They have a lot of weapons. Jameis is bad. There's no doubt about that. But like, where does Jameis become like, where is Jameis in terms of quarterbacks in the NFC East? If he starts today, you know, Carson Wentz is turning the ball over more than Jameis did. Ben DiNucci starting for the Cowboys. The, the, you know, Daniel Jones is turning the ball over as much as Jameis Winston did. The Redskins don't know if they're Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins. Let me ask you something, Andy. Between this season, including this season, 2020 to 2030, which NFC East team wins the most playoff games. 
between 2020 to 2030. Yeah, this next decade, because they're all lined up to be kind of bad. And that's such a tough call. I, I honestly don't have an answer for that. Because the Giants, let's just go through each team briefly. The Giants don't know their future quarterback situation. You know, there's nothing set in stone with Daniel Jones. I'd say the same for the Eagles. You can say the same for the Cowboys. You can say the same for the Redskins. There, there, there's no solidified quarterback. You know, it's not the Bengals. It's not the Chargers where you're like, hey, these two guys are going to be or should be your franchise quarterback barring injury for the next 10 years. You can't say that about any single NFC East team. Rank the coaches. Mike McCarthy, four. I, I, I put him and Peterson the same level, to be honest. You, and you have the other guys above them? I mean, it's, it's year one for the Giants coach. Uh, they're, at least, they're at least in every football game. Everyone. Ron Rivera at least has played in the Super Bowl. He, you know, he has. Are you going Rivera, five games of Joe Judge, Peterson, McCarthy? I, I don't know. I mean, like. Those two guys have Super Bowls, but I think they might both be incompetent. I, I know they both have Super Bowls. So people are going to instantly say, Ruther, that's a terrible take. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl in 2010. With Aaron Rodgers. Peterson won a Super Bowl when he had Frank Reich. And every boneheaded decision came up roses. Yeah. For a whole season. Got high on a blackjack table. NFC East is a dumpster fire. Why are we even talking about it still? I don't know. But while you've done that, I, I've pulled up Jameis One of One's Twitter to see what he's saying. There's there <laughs> in the last 24 hours. I'm not finding anything about Jameis to the Cowboys, which is surprising. I mean, Jameis One of One Twitter is still hilarious. Um because like he's not playing at all there's there seemingly is no interest by the way he turns 27 in january what i can't wait for is where does Jameis rank against other 27 year olds all time after a year on the bench his last mention of Jameis was october 29th it says it has the alert emoji. Love that Jameis is in the top 10 among likely slash potential Hall of Famers. What? So fucking stupid. <laughs> like, I mean, when, you have to be – and here's the thing is Brady has been better than I thought he would be, and the season isn't over. But, like, take your L that it wasn't just the quarterback. Because yeah. Tampa Bay, with just a quarterback change, is significantly better. And, and again, like I said, Joe, for some reason we don't ever factor in the intangibles of what that's bringing to the locker room. If I'm on the defensive side, I'm like, okay. Exactly. He's eating his fingers in the I, locker room. I'm saying, hey, I got Brady as my QB. I'm not walking into every game as the cornerback saying, Fuck. Tom Brady's like, I don't eat my fingers because they're covered in Super Bowl rings. <laughs> also, who eats their fingers? <laughs> oh, one last thing. Trevor Lawrence has COVID. Tough L for Dabo. 
Tough L for Dabo. Tough L for Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was like, Mr. We're safer and in school and blah, blah, blah. And now he's going to miss the Notre Dame game. Which is he, like, is he missing it for sure? That's the report. And here's the thing. Um, it's if let's, let's say this, if Clemson loses to Notre Dame, which is by no means a sure thing, just because Trevor Lawrence is out. Um, if they do, and they end up not playing in a playoff, doesn't that make college football really unfair this year? The whole thing is a, it's a farce. Yeah. Well, okay. Glad we agree. I mean, I mean, the whole, the whole season thing is a farce. It is. It's a yeah. farce. I, I, I just, I don't even give a shit. Andy Ruther's farce alert blog, <laughs> where you list things that are absolute farces. It's, it, it's, it's like Saturday night. You know, after trick or treating, I was at my brother's, and uh, he was like, "Hey, man, I want to." I want to go out on the porch and smoke a cigar. And I was like, cool, I'm going to pack a bowl. And I was like, the Ohio state Penn state games on. And you know, the Penn state quarterback went to my high school and he's like, yeah. who cares? But, yeah. but that's my point. Like, like neither of us cared, like whatever, like this whole season is a joke. Dabo. But the, I mean, again, tough look for Dabo. Like, man, QAnon told me that this was all a hoax. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, what can I say? It's like, I still don't believe the test is positive or negative. What do you want? Is it like HIV? I don't remember. Do you want to be positive or do you want to be negative? Anyway, because usually when I'm here, I'm like, stay positive, but not when you have COVID, you want to stay negative. So it's very hard to be here in the locker room dealing with this right now. I think we got a great team. Uh, I'm pulling for Trevor. I'm sure he's going to be fine because it, it, you know, I went to a rally the other day where lots of people were not wearing masks and uh, my president told me that everybody is going to be fine. And so I've made uh, Trevor drink a concoction of cleaning supplies that I use to clean the gigantic aquarium that is in our football rec room. We have, I don't know if you know this, we have sharks, we have small octopi and we have <laughs> numerous fish. And these tanks are big and they take a whole, we have a team of people to clean. And I say, can you give me a little bit of each of the things that we clean this fish tank with? I'll put it in a little potion, put it in one of those blender ball, uh, shaky drink things and I'll give it to Trevor and hopefully he'll be fine. That's what the president says. And so I, I expect Trevor to be back after a couple bleach shakes, uh, against Notre Dame. Although I'm not allowed to say that yet because, uh, you know, I don't want to be deemed a hoaxer or whatever, but yeah, masks don't work. Uh, COVID's not real. And we hope to have Trevor back for the game against the Irish. Also, uh, I heard, and I don't want to say that Trevor has been poisoned because he was uh, anti-COVID person, but I wouldn't put it past Joe Biden, who I have heard, uh, has sexual intercourse with children and then drinks their blood. Just saying, I heard this on Sam Tripoli's podcast, not saying it's true or not, but uh, yeah, I do believe in QAnon. Dabo Sweeney. It's great to be here, Andy. Uh, check, guys, you can, all, you can all check me out on the uh, Tim Fall Hat podcast uh, later in the day. I'll be doing a spot on their show. If I'm Trevor Lawrence, 
I don't go to the Jets. You don't? I, I think the Jets, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to say it on air. I think the Jets are Detroit Lions, Cleveland Browns, and Cincinnati Bengals level. I mean, this is really like a hot take. <laughs> I mean, it's not really a hot – they're bad. Now, what about Dabo and Trevor Lawrence to the Jets? Can you imagine Dabo in New York City? He's like, what is with all the beeping of the horns? What are you guys doing? Also, can you imagine Dabo having to downsize his locker room because he's, he became an NFL head coach? Yeah, that's a Where good point. is the shark tank? <laughs> what if our guys get COVID? Where am I supposed to get their cleaning supplies? I'm going to need a shark tank in this locker room right away. Uh, yeah, my dabo new. Maybe that's what I'll add in the basement. I'll get a fish Ms. tank, Miss Pac Man, and a shark tank. Yeah. I honestly, if I was the Jets, though, that would be my move. If I was the Jets, I would go, I would just spend all the money and try to get his coach to come along with him. No other players are going to listen to that guy. Not the why, like. Model. I mean, Hopkins says he's great. Watson says he's great. These guys, he has a lot of pro guys that apparently love him. Yeah. I don't know, though, man. I, can't, I just I can't see that. That'll never happen. I have a question. And because uh, I've been using the Google on the phone. Where is the Walmart here in New York City? <laughs> They're like, damn, there is no Walmart. I, I just don't. I don't even, I mean, the town I came from has three Walmarts. How do you not, New York City, great capital of the world, bright light city that never sleeps. You guys are up all night, not sleeping. You don't have a Walmart? Joe, before we go, are you going to be safe tomorrow during the election? I, I'd like to think so. Yeah, I don't see myself going anywhere. I have some, I have some, uh, News for you, though. I, I, did, I did turn in my absentee ballot today. In California? I did the most trolling thing ever. You voted I, for Jameis Winston? I voted for every single thing I would never actually vote for. What do you mean? Just to kind of give an F you to some of the dumb policies California does and just let them go further. Thanks, Andy. We really appreciate it. <laughs> some of your friends still live here. Resist. My like, buddy. G- g- give me one example of something you were like, I would never vote for this, but I'm going to because fuck you guys. I would never vote for uh, Proposition 16, which states that we are going to hire government employees based on race, sex, gender to repeal affirmative, the affirmative action, which was repealed. I would, ne- I would never... I would never vote for it because to me that is racism. Like I would never hire somebody based on their race or gender. That's ridiculous to me. But, but I you voted, voted for it. Yeah. Okay. So at least you're like trolling progressively, I guess. I don't know. The goal is to just get everybody out of California. I'm setting up shop here in uh, Ohio. That's the goal, Joe. I'm well, bring you, I'm bring you with me. Yeah. That's not going to happen. I did vote for my presidential candidate. I did have a write-in. Who did you write in? The I, South Park guys? 
No, I did them last time. I'm, I went a little, uh, I went really base with it. Uh, if you voted for Joe Rogan, we're never doing this podcast. Either. No, I did not vote for Joe Rogan. I voted for D's nuts. Oh, uh, did you? <laughs> Unbelievable. It's the most Andy Z nuts. D's nuts. The most Andy Ruther thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And every single person I voted for that I could a uh, homeless liaison or whatever, because I know they're going to make the problem worse. I voted for them as well. Okay. It was, it was kind of a, it was kind of an F you to you as well. I'm sorry. I don't know why I really, it really wasn't towards you, but. Well, it's funny because I didn't, I didn't know what district I would be voting in since my district has changed, but it showed up. I got my mail. I got my like drop off ballot and they've got me on uh got me in my new district. So I'm not voting for Venice LA oh, stuff. That's anymore. Great. Yeah. So that's great. There's that. Yeah. So you, are you going to have a write-in vote or are you going to vote for yourself? Uh, I've already, I've already cast my, my vote. I won't, I'm, I'm not going to publicize who, who I voted for. Okay. You don't have to. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Well guys, just, you know, yeah, I figured just, just be safe guys. This, this thing ain't going anywhere anytime soon. So don't, don't stress. We got, we got months of this word of advice. I'm, I'm, I'm off to get a COVID test today. Are you? Yep. Everything all right? Just a little sore throat, and you know, better safe than sorry these days. Yeah. Hopefully, just cold. Smart. I agree. But I, but I felt completely healthy during this whole thing. So I've actually, I've never had a COVID test. Oh, okay. Because it's like you know they say if you don't have symptoms, whatever. But um, it's probably probably just the usual. You know, this time of year it gets cold. It's colder at night than you expect. Sleep with a shirt off, that kind of thing. Let's hope. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hope for sure. Um, enjoy that swab up your nose, by the way. Thanks. Dirtballs, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Dirty Sports. Drop an iTunes review. Leave that Twitter or Instagram handle. That way I can find you. I can reach out to you and I can send you some koozies. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Andy Ruther. You can follow Joe on social media at fix your life on twitter at joe Prano on instagram uh my album is out on all the streaming services now and amazon prime we're awesome. we're, we're doing we're doing a downshift I, I i saw somebody uh i assume a dirtball bought a uh bought the special on vimeo on demand the other day technically that's not over yet so if you want to like buy it to have it for downloadable purposes forever that's still there but we're phasing that out because we got a good four-year presidential run out of it and now it'll just be out there for the masses so if you still want it forever you can do that but otherwise you can just stream it and shout out to everybody who has been streaming it perfect dirt balls have a great week guys much love for all the support and as always stay dirty <laughs>